What's up, everybody? Welcome to Luke Has a Podcast. That's right, I'm back. I'm Luke. I have a podcast. It says it in the name. But I'm back doing interviews, baby. And this week, we have part one of a conversation with a friend of mine who is probably one of the people who knows the most about music, bands, behind-the-scenes stories, and details of anyone I've really ever met. She's incredibly knowledgeable in all the realms of music. Her name is Sarah Midkiff. Sarah Midkiff is a versatile visual artist who specializes in photography, videography, and creative direction. Long before she began working with bands, she obsessively consumed music documentaries, played in bands herself, and picked up any and all art mediums to tell a story. She's obsessed with Catfish and the Bottlemen, 60s The Bands. She has shot for artists such as The Struts, Barnes Courtney, Aquilo, The Britneys. She's been featured in Rolling Stone, Refinery29, LA Times, New York Magazine, She's a brilliant, creative, artistic genius, if I do say so myself. And today we get into talking about her journey as a creative artist. We talk about how her pursuit of a good resume basically led towards her dream job. We talk about how tour life is pretty much the same as a pirate's life. And which that, that's exactly what she wanted as a kid. So she's living a pirate's life dream. And as always, we geek out about music, bands, sounds that we like in different parts of songs, and why music can be more of a vulnerable and personal art form than photography or screenwriting, creating movies, at least to us personally. That's all in our interview coming up later. Before we get into the interview, as always, I like to turn you on to new music releases in tours that are coming your way. This is just to keep you in the know with what's going on. If you recognize the bands, get excited, go listen to their music, go support them, go see a show if they're coming near you. If you don't know the bands, you can click through the link in my description and listen to the playlist I have made with all the artist tunes all in one place where you can check them out and find out if you like them or if you don't. We do have one artist headed to the UK and the EU. That is Mini Trees. If you have, if you have not heard of them, they are in Orange County band, I believe, or from LA. Either way, SoCal kids, they're awesome. They are going on tour with Gracie Gray, hitting Spain in late August, and then heading to the UK and Denmark in september so check them out if you're over out there across the pond so many trees is going on tour another band from the northeast called coin they're hitting the road july 12th through late september and maybe a bigger band you all have heard of the shins they are hitting the road for the 21st birthday of their album oh inverted world which introduced us to hits like Caring is creepy and new slang. I am very sad they are missing LA on that on that tour. So I don't know why. They're going to Sacramento, San Francisco, and San Diego, but no LA shows. 
hmm, I hope there's something that they do. But I'm so stoked because their opener for that tour is Joseph. And Joseph is incredible. One of my favorite bands, groups, sisters, who do the most beautiful harmonies of all time. Uh, so <laughs> get ready for that. Get tours to that show because it's amazing. So we got Coin doing a tour. The Shins doing a tour, a tour with Joseph. They are also starting on July 12th, going to September 16th. Many Trees is hitting across the pond, the UK-EU. And also, if you haven't heard by now, the Austin City Limits lineup is out. Red Hot Chili Peppers, Casey Musgraves, Lil Nas, Paramore, Flume, Phoenix, Diplo, Wallows, Toby and Wigway. I, I, I think that's how you pronounce his name. Forgive me. The War on Drugs, Spoon, Goose, Japanese Breakfast, Front Bottoms, Arlo Parks, L'Empatrice, Jake Bug, The Midnight, Wet Lake, Michigander, Will Dorado, Neil Francis. Those are just the highlight bands that I am stoked over and I hope I get to see if I go to Austin City Limits this year. We will find out. There are two weekends and I'm way beyond stoked for that. Uh, check it out. Tell me what bands. There are plenty of bands on the lineup that I do not recognize. So if there is some that I have not mentioned that you are stoked about, hit me up and let me know. Those are all the shows coming your way. As for bands coming out with new music, Kendrick Lamar has released his new album, Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. Woo, what a record, you guys. 18 songs, a little over an hour long. And I only brought a tear to my eye a couple times. I I could say a lot. He gets into uh, trigger warning here. Um, you could just press fast forward 15 seconds. He gets into talking about sexual abuse and black culture. He talks about his uncle who transitioned into becoming his auntie now and what the, all that is like. There is, there's a lot. I mean, that there's just two, two things that stick out real quick. I was only able to give it one listen through before I started recording, but you need to check it out. It is an incredible album. My favorite songs on there are Father Time, Crown, Count Me In. Uh, check those three out at least. But listen to the whole record from start to finish. You will, oh my God, you will, you will love it. St. Lucia has released a six-song EP titled Utopia 1. Probably a Utopia 2 coming out pretty soon. Judah and the Lion have released a four-song single EP titled Scream. Uh, they've been going through some changes as a band lately, as one of their members have left for personal reasons. No no harm between the, the guys. Judah and the Lion is just a two-piece moving forward, and I'm interested to see how their sound changes and morphs uh, moving forward. So, they're great. Arcade Fire released a full-length album for the first time in, gosh, Everything Now was their last album, I believe, which was awesome and incredible. But this is more of a low-key... I don't know, I, I tried to get into it. It just it just wasn't doing it for me. But I'm glad they're making new tunes. It's good. Maybe maybe it'll grow on me over time. It seems like it's a more contemplative album rather than a commercially successful fun vibey radio hits. We'll we'll see. They haven't put a lot of money into marketing for it because I just found out about it a week ago. <laughs> so there you go. And a local LA favorite she is beck pete 
Her EP, Scared of Everything Part 1, has seven songs that she released and put her heart and soul into. She's never been more proud of anything ever. It is a beautiful piece of art. Go listen to it. She is friends with Talker, if you remember me mentioning her, in that kind of L.A. songwriters group. So check that out. What a great weekend for music because the same weekend that we get Kendrick Lamar's new album, we also get the Black Keys' new album, Dropout Boogie. It is 10 songs of classic blues, guitar riff. Most of the production on this album is kind of done in a more analog and low quality of, I guess, filters. You could say, you know, on like Instagram or in photos, you want to put like a film filter to make it look like all freckly, like you shot it in film. It's kind of basically what the Black Keys did here with their recording process and in the mastering of it. It's got that film filter and it sounds analog and old school. Just rocking guitar with Not exactly like that. You know what I mean? I'm having fun with it. Check out Dropout Boogie out everywhere. The Black Keys are killer. They just played at the Troubadour and I almost got tickets for it. I was so sad. I waited an hour on the website getting tickets but they missed through my hands if you ever have a chance to see the black keys you must they are a great live band and you'll have a grand old time couple singles that have been released moon tower released state of mind delta spirit is back with some more music their single villains is out now rabel a ghostwriter friend of kesha and wonderful wonderful human being Beautiful voice, catchy melodies, has a new single, Closure. Copeland, a band that we all love from the early 2000s, 2010s. They have a new single out, Coffee. And our favorite, Little Miss Carly Rae Jepsen, is back with the single, Western Wind. She is not a one-hit wonder. All the music that she has put out since Call Me Maybe is actually really good. Do not laugh. Go listen to Carly Rae Jepsen. She's a talented artist. And last but not least, a notable mention of release is Noah Gunderson, The Only Day, a wonderful musician, wonderful lyricist. Thanks for hanging out. And uh, coming to chit chat and be in front of the camera and the microphone instead of behind the I camera. I know. Always. I've been being in front of the microphone more often lately, which is like kind of nice. Yeah. Like yeah. do like what other what other instances? Uh, well, it's all studio stuff. But uh, I recently have been in the process of tracking the bass and guitars for an artist on their no EP. No way. Which is super fun. That's awesome. And then the um, I did some backing vocal stuff for Barnes's album. Heck which yeah. Like a fun time. Right, because you you like used to play in bands too, like yeah. in high school and stuff. Yeah, and then like I mean, I'm still writing stuff, which is like fun because I've been yeah. like, talking with Barnes about all of it because it was like this whole thing. It's like when we first started working together, and we were driving up to his manager's house, and he was like, "Can I just throw something out here?" Which is like a total assumption, but I feel like I'm right. I was like, "Sure, okay." And he's like, "I feel mm. like you write songs and you don't tell anyone." <laughs> I was like. How dare you? Yes. How dare yes. you? Yes. Why Why are you sir? assuming this? <laughs> How dare you? So I was like, yes. Oh, my gosh. Um, why don't then, you tell anyone, Sarah? 
I just, I don't know. It's so personal. Mm-hmm. Like, there's so many more, like, creative outlets that feel, like, expressive but less personal. Right. You right. know? Like, when it's, like, writing, when I was, like, writing for publications, you're, like, you can write about other things. And mm-hmm. so it's an expression, but it's not, like, personal. It's not bearing your soul, bearing your thoughts and ideas exactly. and telling your story. Or it's like, telling other people's stories. Yeah, or, like, photo and video and stuff like that, you can kind of do, like... You know, you can you can express something or you can portray or like try and convey something, but it's so much more nebulous. It can be so much more vague and like whatever you want it to be. And mm-hmm. like it's a lot more cryptic just inherently. Like even when I did that like short film and like I wrote the script, so it was like a per you know, it was like personal. Yeah, in it a came kind from of inside. abstract way. Yeah. But like even that was like because you can write all these other characters. It's mm. not you. Right. You're like, it's them. And little bits of you are in these different characters. Yeah, maybe, because but... you're like, well, of course, any authentic creative expression inevitably has bits of you in it. But mm-hmm. like, it's not over. It doesn't have to be overtly you. And versus yeah. like music for me has always felt so intensely personal. Same. When I've never been one to write lyrics or like yeah. songwrite. But when I try to, I'm like, it's always like a personal experience and I'm very just like on the nose and on surface level. I don't get into the abstract, like poetic metaphors of right. telling the story. Or even when you do get that deep, it feels like everyone knows exactly what I'm talking about. 100%. Like that's my biggest thing. It's like, I'm like, I could make it as abstract as I want, but I just, I completely trust whoever's listening to it to just like immediately know exactly what I'm talking about. And yeah. I'm like, I don't know if I want you to know exactly what I'm talking right, about. Right. So like the lyrics are the hardest part That's because great. you're like, but then you might know what I actually like think and feel about this. <laughs> and I don't know if so, I want that. <laughs> so do you mainly do songwriting as like like therapy to just like let out your emotions and your feelings, or are you wanting to maybe be an artist one day and have uh, your I'm wor- songs I, out weirdly, there? I am working on stuff which is like fun. Sick. Uh, because that's the thing. That's like this weird like dichotomy that i've experienced is like i don't find the discipline of it difficult Mm -hmm. which i know can be hard with creative pursuits at least for like anecdotally with like friends of mine they're like oh i can like get like really stuck in on something but the discipline of it like the when people tell you about songwriting they say write every single day and everyone's like that's a nice thought but like the actual practice of it like the discipline required to do that is very difficult to maintain right versus i tend to become very obsessive about things and so then if i'm like i'm gonna write every day and then it's just like great i'm gonna write every day like that part is like the actual like making time every day yeah like the making time every day part's the easy part for me it's the and now i have to have other people listen to it other people yeah yeah exactly and so i've been trying to get better about that where it's like people like oh i want to hear it sometime and i'm like Okay, I'm actually gonna I'm actually gonna send it to you and not be like, yeah, and then like yeah, never send it. Maybe. Yeah. No. So is it something about where you just feel more comfortable sharing, uh, be, like being more vulnerable now, whereas before you weren't weren't wanting to be as maybe, open? possibly. I think also it's nice to have like a creatively supportive environment. Not that like previously it was unsupportive. It's just that I feel like you need like a very like a very supportive environment. And so because I'm around it constantly, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's my project or not, like I'm constantly around people writing in the studio or you're just in writing sessions and stuff. And so then you just watch the whole process and you're like, this really like demystifies the entire thing. Yeah, yeah. And so you're just like, 
I feel a lot better about my own process, <laughs> having seen other people's process so much. Yeah, yeah. It makes it, yeah. And so then you're like, you see oh, the okay. gritty hard work where they get their hands dirty. Yeah. And it's like the struggle of, oh, you, you hear people's songs and you talk to producers or yeah. wh- whatever. And they're just like, oh, yeah, I just whipped up this beat for you. And, you're like, and this song, you're like, yeah. okay. But then when you actually sit down in the studio and you watch an artist put it, you yeah. see them struggle between like, what sound do I want here? Like this uh-huh. part's not working. You see them struggle laying down a drum track or laying yeah. down a vocal track. And... Or you hear like 10 versions of a verse. Yeah. Like that part for me was really illuminating because it's like, you know, you're always used to hearing the end. It's kind of like, it's almost like the social media version of songwriting where you only mm. ever see the finished one. Right. And like, yeah, like I'll have friends play me stuff where they're like, oh, I'm working on this. But, you know, it just depends on how done it is when they show you. But you're like, yeah. You only hear one version or you hear the final version. And so then it's like you get like some some version of almost like a creative process highlight reel. And so then mm-hmm. you're like, oh, well, if it's all that, like yeah. that's kind of that's a lot more intimidating versus like being in the studio from like day one and seeing the entire creation of an album. Yeah. And all of the songs that get written don't get produced. All of the yeah, verses they get that get changed out for something and, else. Mm-hmm. Uh, bits of pieces that you pick up from like three years ago that weirdly fit this progression you're working on and it's so much more like hodgepodge than yeah. I anticipated. So I it had made this it feel specific idea of this song and yeah. I wrote it from beginning to finish. But no, no it's like bits and pieces thrown on li- like Legos. Well, together. and I had this conversation with a friend of mine. Um, we were talking about, again, she's like creative process and she was one of the friends I was like, when she was like, oh, I'd love to hear it. I was like, okay, I'm actually going to play it for you because mm. you get it. Mm. Like you understand that process and we're good friends. You know what I mean? It's like a safe space. Yeah. Um, so to- I was like, okay, this is like a good place to like try out that whole like showing people. This yeah. is a very good like time to do that. And I would uh, shown her something and then she's like, oh, like, you know, are you finishing it? Like, are you going to finish it? Like, it's, I love this. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I want to finish it. It's just so hard to finish. And then she was like, oh, I do that all the time. It's kind of like that kill your darlings mentality of like mm. when it's not done, it can still be perfect. Yeah. You still have all of this endless potential for it to be the greatest thing you've ever done because right. it's not done. Yeah. And it's not – and anything you don't like about it isn't the final version. Exactly. Like, and, oh, I'm going to change this. We're going to add this in there. Yeah. You it, Once it's done, it's done and you can have like whole thoughts on it and yeah. then – but like when you're still in that process of not finishing it, it has this endless potential to be everything you want it to be and more and the greatest exactly. thing. And anything you don't like can go and you're like, well, that won't be there. Mm. Or I can edit that. I can change that. Right. But until it's done, it can be anything. Yeah. Yeah. And so she's like, I think it's that Lots thing. Lots of friends who can relate to that. Yeah. I think it's that thing where it's like the hardest part is just like forcing yourself to actually finish it because then you can decide what you think about it. But also, like, you can go back and edit. Like, you know right. what I it mean? It doesn't like, have to be the final, it. final. Just say this is done. And then yeah. you, then it all hits you with the reality of, like, oh, I actually don't like this. Or I don't yeah. like how that works. Or I love these parts. And Right. You can kind of go, I like this. But I think that line in the second verse could be stronger. Or I like this. But I think that, like, the progression gets a bit samey after a while. But, like, you yeah. wouldn't know that until it was done. Yeah. Or at least some version of done. Right. Yeah. So I like when it when it comes <laughs> I I, lo- I love it so much immediately. Um, when it comes to music, I I mean, there's so much I want to talk to you mm. about, but obviously you're a huge huge music head, and I I am too. But I'm more of like 
the guitars and and like the beat and the song side what right. do you, or do you gravit do you gravitate towards lyrics first when you're listening to music or the sonic sonically audio um that's difficult because um i've always been like a big like alex turner bob dylan like I mean, like, Alex Turner is, like, one of my favorite people just to have ever strung words together hmm. in any form. I'm going to be honest. I don't know who Alex Turner is. The lead singer of Arctic Monkeys. Oh, okay. Shows how much of a music guy I know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. No, no, Go no. three. Did you know who Alex Turner is? I know the Arctic Monkeys. But... The lyrical love of my life. Oh. He's great. He's Oh my gosh. <laughs> okay. He's a great vocalist. He's, he has a unique voice for sure. I yeah. love his voice. He's from Sheffield it's and great. it's one of my favorite things ever. Um, <laughs> but so like on that in that regard, like I love lyrics and like, you know, like I was homeschooled growing up, so I read like a lot. Mm -hmm. Um and so words like I would like I would collect words as a kid. Like yeah. I would go through and I'm like literally like in the dictionary, like this is so nerdy. I'd go through the dictionary, like pick a letter and be like, I'm just gonna learn a ton of T words. I don't know why. I was like eight. Like, That's what was so I doing? I don't know what I was doing. I was like totalitarianism. Like, interesting. <laughs> Tonsillectomy. We we know that now. All right, yeah. I don't know. I just wanted to like collect them because I just thought that like it was so interesting that there were so many ways to say something. Mm -hmm. um, and then in like those LimeWire, you know, LimeWire days of just like downloading everything off of right. the internet, I came across like a ton of like Bob Dylan studio demos nice. and like outtakes. Yeah. And him just like being mid-verse, messing up the lyrics, letting out like a like an absolute string of expletives that would just, you know, I mean, Im like a truly impressive string of yeah. expletives and then like go right back into it. That's great. Um, and I just, I loved it. But it was like on that, on that note, it's like I really am attracted to a lot of the lyrics. But then there's certain things that sort of just like, I would... Like ASMR is terrible to me. I hate it. But like that same, what they tell you your brain should feel when you listen yeah, to ASMR, yeah. like that tingling, almost like that release of dopamine yeah. feeling I'll get from like certain sounds mm. um, or certain like really satisfying chord progressions. Like yes. I'm really obsessed with good soundtracks. And a lot of times when I'm writing progressions, I'm trying to like soundtrack a scene in my head more than anything. Mm -hmm. It just like keeps me more in like one space. Yeah, well, it, it gives you a focus and a direction. Yeah, like... and you're trying to like realize a visual like with the music of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so there's stuff like that where like all, again, another like weird collecting habit. I'll have like lists of sounds that I like. Or just like this little like That's accent amazing. sound where it's like there's this one, you know, Weight and Gold by Gallant. Yes. Uh, there's this one super accent track of like this horn, like this little accent horn that's buried in the yes. mix. That's like right before I think like the second chorus. Okay. And I'm obsessed with it. I don't. It's we'll, just we'll pull a clip from that. Yeah, it sounds so good. And there's certain things like that, yes, or like certain vocal those. qualities, like mm -hmm. um, Catfish and the Bottleman. Uh, what's the title track? It's the last song on their second album. Mm -hmm. and the way that their lead singer sings that last little bit of like the pre-chorus before like the final chorus, yeah, there's like a vocal quality where it strains a bit because he's really putting, you know, because it's that big final moment. Yeah, and it's be like, it's beautiful. Um, so like, that. it's really I hard to, it's really hard to pick. That's a very long-winded answer for, 
I just collect weird things and then I have like I can't pick. It's so specific. But it's so specific. No, I, I love that though. I, I <laughs> there's bits and pieces of songs that I like pick apart too and I love like once I get like comfortable with this song and I cool, that's what he's saying, that's the vocals sound like, that's the guitars and that's the drums. But then what are the like the deeper little like bells and whistles and little like horn mm-hmm. parts that are in there that are only there for like a, a second or like back and forth and there's I forget which song, maybe it's a Tyler the Creator song on flower boy uh-huh. i forget which one but there's just like this one part that just happens only one time and it's like it's so cool and so great and i every time i listen to it again like i'm anticipating that to come up but it only happens one time throughout the entire right. song and I, I heard him on an interview with rick rubin he was like yeah i did it on purpose because i didn't want to overdo it and i just wanted to give mm-hmm. people like a little teaser it was like so great and then it only happens once and like nope i'm just gonna leave that there right well it's like um being in the studio lately it's like you'll you know I like it's fun to watch the whole process but you'll hear like songwriters producers because it's like you have to add something or Mm. take something away at each point in the song because you're trying to keep someone's brain engaged yeah right and so there's like a really technical side of it because like you and I are obsessing over being like uh that dopamine hit that like really nice brain feeling of that one sound that happens one time but like that's exactly it and like I think there's a lot of like strategy there's a strategy to it because you want to keep the brain engaged Mm -hmm. because like you know, like I think, you know, there's there's plenty of studies where it's like, oh, our attention spans are getting shorter and shorter. I mean, even right. song intros are getting statistically shorter on average yeah. because they're trying to hook you right away. So there's like definitely a tactic, like a strategy behind it. But it's so funny because it's like I just like, you know, like I'm just collecting these little sounds being like, oh, I love like this little sound, you know, and then it's just like a very technical, like very yeah. deliberate choice. Yeah. So where, where did your love for music come from? I mean, you're so obsessed with all the little so things obsessed. in the lyrics. So like, how does one become so obsessed like you? Uh, I, that's the thing. It's one of those ones where, like, I don't know if I ever, if I remember not being obsessed with music because, like, there's a lot of musicians in my family, not, no one really did the professional route for it, but, like, just mm-hmm. lifelong musicians. I grew up with a lot of music playing just, all the it's time all, the way, all always around you my dad is such like a uh, 60s 70s like rock like psychedelic rock like nice. that is his happy place versus my mom is more like 70s r&b into like 80s new wave yeah. which was like an interesting transition okay. but like just so much music all the time but mm-hmm. then and all different e- genres too a lot of genres around. and like my parents told me like when i was really little my dad he would like my mom would leave to go do you know run errands or whatever and he would be Mm -hmm. home with me and my older brother and he was like there he's like if you were crying there was always one thing i could do always work it was big band music like that 40s like jazzy big band or like billy holiday yeah he's like it worked every time (laughs) like every time without fail that's great and so like i don't know like that's such like a like how do you it's hard to quantify that because you're like where that was when I was like an infant like I don't even know if I could hold my head up by myself and I had very specific taste in music still (laughs) like like, it's just that nature versus nurture thing it's just it's natural for you to be somehow you naturally gravitated towards music yeah we're just 
by the environment you were, you grew up in and some, yeah i mean for whatever reason your dad would put on big band music and it soothed like, you worked. and yeah you know why do some babies cry a lot more than other babies and yeah you know, what? it's it's such an interesting thing because it's hard to you don't it's like how do you separate it because you're yeah. like okay some of that's clearly nature and there's something about music or certain types of music mm-hmm. that you gravitate towards but then there's other things where it is being a product of your surroundings and having so much access to music yeah. like yeah. my dad's mom was a musician like played a lot of piano and guitar and so I would just learn little bits and things from her and I go well yeah of course it's no shock that those are two of my like main instruments because those are some of the first yeah. ones I was introduced right. to your grandma's around there playing with you like yeah just like little playing little Sarah's things like let me show you yeah, just because I was interested yeah. and she was like, yeah, let me show you something. And Perfect so then, way to connect. Yeah, it was like this. Yeah, it's like a great way. Like I would 100% have done the same thing. Like yeah. if I had a grandkid and they were like remotely interested in something I liked, I'd be like, mm. right, that's our thing now. My niece got a guitar for her yes. birthday or Christmas last year. Uh-huh. And I don't see her that often, but when I do, I, I'm, I really want to like, hey, like, let's grab the guitar and let's play something. And she's not super interested in it yeah but for like five seconds she'll like i'll have her attention and she'll go on like i want to play with my colors and i want to draw yeah. this and i got like a baby drum set for my nephew who's Cute. like one like one of the fisher price drum yeah. sets. and at his birthday party it was his favorite toy he was just like sitting on his lap just banging the things and banging the drums and the, the little lights that would flash up as he's you know touching the different stuff so maybe i have a better chance with him than yeah maybe niece. he's like a future drummer yeah yeah, that's we'll a, see. I love that though. <laughs> see, I love that. I feel like whenever like my friends or siblings start having kids, I'm gonna be that person where I'm gonna be like like one of my friends, uh, when she was having her first kid, uh, I would looked up a bunch of stuff and I like would make her like specific playlists mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where I'd be like, oh, Okay, like your baby is this many months old. So they're sleeping a lot. Yeah. So I'm gonna make a really vibey, chill like nap <laughs> playlist. More for you. Yeah, but like for you, but while but the baby's sleeping in the background. To indoctrinate your child mm-hmm. with good music. It's great. It's a lot of cigarose vibes and like yes. going there. And I'm like, here you go. Yeah. Soft, ambient. I don't know what yeah. words they're saying. Icelandic or some made up language. It's just but it's soothing. just soothing. It's yeah. beautiful. The textures are great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's awesome. I don't know if you know the the artist Asgier. Yeah. But he, I interviewed him once. No way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He's incredible. Uh, but I like listening to his like yeah, his his English songs are great mm-hmm. too, but I like listening to his uh what is he Icelandic or Scandinavian or I think he's Icelandic. Yeah. But I, I, I like, should have known this. Like I interviewed right. <laughs> I should know. It was Come years on, ago. It was years ago. Okay. I remember the venue. Where was it? Uh it was at Irving Plaza. Ooh. Just like in, a couple blocks from my York. old apartment. Yeah. Like right in that transition between the East Village and like, oh, what's the thing I'm thinking of? But it's like, it's right above there. It's like yeah. on 15th oh, and it's like. That's so cool. I love that venue. Yeah. It's amazing. I, I have a question about venues. We'll mm, get to that later. Yes. Um, but yeah, I, I prefer listening to Asgare singing in his original or like. Yeah. Uh, his his own language as opposed to English. It just sounds more beautiful. And mm-hmm melodic and poetic and like like english can be nice to describe different words and stuff but it just this sonically it sounds kind of harsh sometimes and just chop choppy um but yeah the icelandic language is so just melodic and beautiful right there it's like um what's the one i was thinking of when i was in school there were a handful of um fellow like international students that were from Iceland and it was like the first class of the morning 
and we were often we were like I think we had a class where we were like in group projects together but first thing in the morning like a few of them would like talk amongst themselves and they're like mm. oh sorry is this like where I'm like no please keep talking this sounds keep going, so nice like it's yeah. 8 a.m I really don't want to talk so it's very this is really nice environment to be in where I and there's no expectation for me to engage, yeah. and I can just like be here. You don't know what they're talking about, so you can't interject. Yeah. I'm you like, know. you do your thing. This it sounds this beautiful sounds to me. Yes, yes. I'm I like, I'm it. loving this. This is perfect 8 a.m. for me. It's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure being in New York, you hear a lot of uh, people with different ac- accents and different sounds. And yeah, yeah. It's. I feel like it's you also a have a lot of, of you have a lot of British friends too, right? Yes. Well, partly from being school over there, but then also just kind of like going back now and again for work and then yeah. just a lot of UK bands. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, especially like in the genres that I'm in, it's a lot of UK bands. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, that 60s, I mean, the stuff your dad was into is very, a lot of the, the yeah. British, uh, British invasion style. Mm-hmm. Right? I had yeah. a huge British invasion, like obsession around like. 13 14 i bet yeah like <laughs> you seem all, like that all type. the the bands <laughs> mm-hmm. like the like the beatles the rolling stones all that yeah yes that's so great i yeah. love that any any the band that was associated with the british invasion i was like just yes. into it hardcore all about it I yeah love that. i had a huge um like early punk phase as well like anyone that would have been booked at cbgb's from like mm-hmm. 71 to 74 yes. like obsession it was around did you the dress time. did you dress the parts too or do you just like enjoy the music like a bit okay. not like not full-blown commitment yeah. to it but like you know like when we were younger teens and like punk had a huge resurgence mm-hmm. but it was like a different interpretation of punk it was more yeah. like green day punk right right and love Green Day. I think they're great. great. But it was like my sort of corner of it was more like, yes, Green Day, but more like the Ramones. Because I was like, you know, I would listen to Green Day. And then my dad being a massive music fan mm-hmm. himself, he would be like, oh, well, if you like, he was like a human, yeah. like human Pandora, human Spotify. Encyclopedia. Like, if you like this, you might like. I and I that. fully inherited oh. that from him. Like I have approached strangers. This is terrible. <laughs> Different venue in Brooklyn. I was there at a show, supposed to be shooting with friends. We're kind of hanging out before the show. And you're like, everyone's just kind of like milling about, chatter. And like, there's music playing over the background, but it's like, you can barely hear it. Yeah. And this is right before Billie Eilish blew up. It was like, Ocean Eyes was like just getting traction. Right. Mm-hmm. And everyone was kind of like, who is this? Because yeah. she's amazing. Um, and I it was playing in the background, just like over the speakers before the show started. And I saw this girl like with her Shazam out and it was too, there's too much ambient noise to pick yeah, up yeah. what it was. Cause you know, it's not a perfect <sighs> app, you know? And so I just like watched her do it a couple of times. I'm like, she's tried a, like a few so times. times. Like she's committed. She wants to know this song. So I was like with my friends, I'm like, I'm going to be right back. And then like, I just went over to her and I was like, Hey, I'm not trying to be like a total stalker or anything, but like I definitely saw I you shazamming the song. It's Ocean Eyes it by Billie Eilish. And she's like, oh my God. And I was like, she's like, oh, can you write that down? So I'm like writing it down in her phone and her notes. And I go, well, I mean, hey, like if you like that, you'll probably like these. Songs. <laughs> just, like, Let her, me just list out I just a like write down like a few other songs. And like, yeah. And I was like, also like Belly, like Belly by Billie Eilish is like super good too. But yes. you know, and oh. then I like walked back to my friends. They're like, did you just human shazam a total stranger? I'm like, <laughs> She really wanted to know this. Like, yeah, it, it would if it was be, just like one and done, you're like, eh. but you, yeah. if you saw her holding her phone like up multiple, multiple times, times, trying to like higher and higher, yeah, move it around, like the approach like, of like, I'm like, you're, con- you want to know, yeah. yeah, like I would love that if someone saw me doing that and approached me, yeah. and was like, here you go, check this out, and yeah, just be like, oh yeah, here's a song. song, yeah, 
Yeah. I'm like, no, you want to know? And like that feels like, I don't know. There's something that I don't like. This is dramatic, like ethically about, you know, if I saw that, it's like that, it's like a good Samaritan thing, but like music, Yeah, yeah. you know, (laughs) it's like if you saw someone trying to like carry something into the elevator and you saw them struggling, you just like walked in. That's not very nice. You know, it's the same thing for me. I'm like, look, I see you trying to figure out what song that is. And who am I to deny you? That's terrible. No. Yeah. I'm not going to get Especially if it's someone you love so much and then other artists that you are maybe like lesser known or that they would have never found out about. Mm-hmm. And you're like, cool, you love Billie Eilish. Here's all right. these people too. Exactly. No, I think that's so great. Like that's like a whole I feel like playlists are like a whole like love language for people. Oh, definitely. Myself included. Definitely. But it's like when someone takes that time and they go, I know that you like this artist mm-hmm. or I know that you like this film or like whatever it is. Yeah. And that they took the time to like think about like, oh, well, like if I know that they like this artist, they're gonna like these other ones. And I'm like, that's, oh, that's, so that's really thoughtful. That's yeah. Totally. It totally is. Exactly. I'm like, look, that is a beautiful thing. More people should do it. Yeah. I love it. I remember when when I was a kid driving around with my dad, I was always so curious about knowing what song was playing on the radio. Uh-huh. And so I would just always like try and guess the song and guess yeah. the artist and like talk to him. That we, we, we connected a lot over classic rock, like Boston, The Who. Dude, I love Boston. Uh, Zeppelin, <laughs> yeah. Yes, Rush. And it's just, we, we still connect over those. Like we, we got to see Bruce Springsteen together. Um, oh, that sounds amazing. Yeah, it, it was so much fun. We got to see The Who. They, they played Quadrophenia live all the way through. It was such a special That's moment. That's so great. Like, oh, my God. Ugh, it, it was it was beautiful, but yeah, me and my dad would always just play the game of like, oh, who are what artist is this? Yeah, there was always the joke of like, oh, Dad, what band is this? Yes, like who? No, yes, no. who? <laughs> <laughs> is oh it yes gosh. or the who? Tell me. Yeah, and you're oh. like, oh yeah, my, well, I would do that with my so dad. My, we'd make it like a game, like a game in the car yeah. with my brothers. And it would just be like almost like, you know, first buzzer, you know, whoever gets it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then it got to the point, though, where me and my brothers knew that we like we knew what songs he'd, he'd ask us about. But then we would just try and throw him by like purposely guessing something like really off. <laughs> like one time I was just like see his reaction. Yeah, like yeah, we like, were in Home Depot once. It's like a you? super dad story. Uh, Depot, we were in Home Depot with my dad. And I think the doors were playing. Mm hmm. And you know, like Jim Morrison has that like really rich, like low voice. Um, and my dad turns to me, he's like, All right, who's this? I was like, Oh, this is easy. It's Johnny Cash. <laughs> and he looks at me like he's about to disown me. He was like, And he turns to a total stranger. Some other guy looks about the same age as my dad. He goes, Can you believe that my daughter just said this is Johnny Cash? And I was crying, laughing. And I told him, like, obviously it's the doors. This is the best thing ever. This is so good. (laughs) I I was like, that was like that was oh my God. I did not think I would like I knew I was gonna enjoy this. Yeah. I did not think you would be that that offended. (gasps) Yeah. I was (laughs) like, I expected him to be like, "Mm, no, you know. Not to be like, no. No. Yeah, Whose yeah, child yeah. are you? Oh my gosh. That's Whose so child funny. are you that you don't know the doors? Come <laughs> on. Yeah. yeah. My, my dad would say the same thing to me. Yeah, exactly. I, I can only imagine his. Yeah. His I'm like, I have endless life. love and support from my dad, but you know, I think that would be my way to get disowned. I, yeah. It never oh, happened. Sure. But you know, if I could yeah. ever do it, if I could ever do it. 
<laughs> one way my dad will disown me if i can't name the right band i know he's like he's like he's like i you know endlessly supportive about everything else like pursuing yes. an artistic career That's, all of it amazing. Amazing. you know moving to new york with like no money like a whim like i'm just gonna move to new york like yeah. see what happens like, like yeah, so supportive it, kiddo. and then yeah he's like love you i believe it like now's the time to do that like you got this and then i'd be like johnny he'd be like nope get out <laughs> out done nope, no more support done. no I, uh-uh, there are no second chances not even thanksgiving christmas no <laughs> Not that, one, but you know. yeah, a little far. Maybe a little, okay, a little yeah. far. Yeah, yeah. So banter. Yeah, that's fine. So did you, did you know that you always wanted to be involved in the music industry, like since you were a kid? I mean, because sure. plenty of people love music, yeah, and they just don't go into the industry. Just like stay as a fan and enthusiast, yeah. go to concerts, do the thing. But you dove deep into it. Where now you're in the studio, like. Writing, taking behind the scenes photos, going on tours with bands. Yeah, uh, you're in the thick of it. I am. How I'm that TikTok song? What? God, <laughs> it's ruined my brain. Uh, yeah, I'm not. A anyways, fan of that. yeah. Anyway, <laughs> anyways, get it out. Okay. Uh, yeah. Out. So, <laughs> uh, so did you? Did you always want to be involved in the music industry? How did your decision to jump towards that? Like sort of. I yeah. kind of went back and forth. It was always something that I loved, like. When I was like really, really, I mean, like really, really little, I was like, I'm gonna be a pirate. Great. Which, which actually, it makes so much sense when I think about it because the reason I liked it, very little to do with the pillaging and plundering. Like, I really right. don't believe in it. I'm not an advocate mm-hmm. for pillaging or plundering. But oh. the idea the of, I was like, yeah, exactly. I'm a pacifist. Please. Exactly. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so I, but there was something that I loved about the idea of getting to like travel the world. Uh-huh. with like a crew of your really good friends but i also love the idea that i'm like and then i can just leave all my stuff on the ship and i don't have to like carry around a suitcase because i hate carrying things um yes. and i was like yeah but then all my stuff like i can have my own little space right on the yeah, ship and we get to like travel the world with a crew of my best friends mm-hmm. and then i'm like that's touring it is that's exactly touring that. like i had no idea i was like five I'm like i'm gonna be a pirate it's the best thing ever great. Just get to travel the world with my see friends all the seas, yeah, see, see all the, the islands see all of them see all the cool Hang things out on the beach maybe there's a monkey right like but that's just tour exactly instead of monkeys it's dogs dude i love best. a good tour dog there's yes. a venue in, there's a venue in cleveland mm-hmm. grog shop um, garage shop grog shop grog. dude it's in cleveland mm-hmm. uh and it's so good because I don't, I mean, maybe she still works there. It's a couple years ago, but um, yeah. the woman who's managing the venue has two um, Cocker Spaniels and they just oh, like roam cute. the venue oh. until showtime and then she like takes them yeah, home. Awesome. Oh, yeah. my God, made my That's day. so sweet. So That's good. the best. We <laughs> toured with the band one time. They took their dog on tour mm. with them. It was like a, a smaller, like a Jack Russell. That is my dream mix. Tour and dog. It, it was the best. It was the best thing because we just pull up to the venue early and just like load into our thing and it's like, all right, Jesse, come play. Oh. Like, let's go play fetch. Let's go for a run. It was the sweetest thing. That's my dream. Yeah. But yeah, no. So, but actually, to actually answer your question, instead of just being like, I wanted to be a pirate. Um, <laughs> and talking about dogs. <laughs> which are great things. But, great topics, um, but uh, back great, to the question. Back to the real question you were asking. Um, come back next week to find out Sarah's answer to my question. Thank you, everybody, so much for joining us for this week's episode of Luke Has a Podcast. This conversation with Sarah Midkiff was recorded at Black and Gold Studios in beautiful downtown Whittier, California. Produced by the man, the myth, the legend, the incredible sorcerer, Guthrie Melchiade. If you want to follow Sarah Midkiff online, 
You can find her on Instagram and Twitter. Her handle is Sarah L. Midkiff. That's Sarah with an H, the letter L-M-I-D-K-I-F-F. You're going to want to stay tuned to her social media because she has music coming in the future. So stay tuned there if you want to hear what music she creates. If you want to check out her portfolio, you can check out her website, sarahmidkiff.com. With that said, thank you for joining us on this week's episode of Luke Has a Podcast. I look forward to talking to you next week on part two of my conversation with Sarah. You can follow me on social media at Luke Has Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, and I just made a TikTok where I'll be posting clips and things and maybe some more music recommendations and stuff. But I have not been on TikTok forever. So this is my first time trying to figure it out. So bear with me. Support me if you want to. Give us a follow, a like, a shout out. And I haven't mentioned it before, but your reviews and five-star ratings on any of the podcast platforms would be very much appreciated. Well, I guess that's been enough. Thanks for listening. I've been Luke. Have a fantastic week.